Hey, welcome to Genre Exposure, a film podcast. Join us as we explore the wide world of cinema, broadening our horizons one movie at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Dustin, and as usual, I'm here with Michael. Hey, guys. And Jason. Hey, everyone. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, motherfucker. Yeah. Tis the season. We're so close now. This is our last Halloween special. Building up. It's only a few days away now. How you doing? Doing good. I'm... I get so confused because we record these on a different schedule, and I was like, "Is don't, it Halloween? Don't ruin the illusion." You already Michael. did that like six episodes. Yeah, back. we cut that out. Well, I'll tell you what really ruined <laughs> no, it. No, we didn't. We t- cut that for a reason. We didn't cut that out. Last episode talking about *Malignant* like it was a new film. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's like time dilation. It's like *Interstellar*. We spent like a long time on this planet. It was actually five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, today we're going to be talking about Night of the Demons, 1988 classic. But first, as always, what have we been watching? What have you been watching? I'll work on it. I'm sorry. It's what not. is that? That was theme music I had in my head of like, what have you been watching? <laughs> well, um, what have you been? But it's not very good. And no, just, it's not. I committed it to recording here. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um don't, don't pursue that any longer. <laughs> I'll scrap it. I don't know. If you like it, send it in. Write me. Write me. Say, I think I dig that, Michael, and I'll put you out a record. <laughs> I'll cook it at press for you. Uh, Dustin, what'd you watch? Okay. Yeah, I can start. So one of my... Somebody fucking has to. One of my Halloween traditions, every year I'll usually go back and reread a bunch of H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. One of my favorite authors. Yeah. Just love his horror stories. Not the man, but the stories, yeah. Hey. Lo- love the stories, not the man. That's a discussion for another time. Um, and we'll probably get into that one day if we ever cover specifically a Lovecraftian film. Oh, I think we will. Um, and there's really good audiobook versions now. The H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society has recorded literally all his writings committed to like good audio versions. Nice. So I often enjoy that at work. I can listen to stuff like uh, podcasts, things like that. And I'll Should usually please link that in our okay, story yeah. notes because I'd love that. It's a little pricey, but I mean, it's so many stories that you're getting. So, oh well, you just killed me there because oh. you were like, it's not free. It's worth it, and it supports them, and they do a lot of work to keep like you know Lovecraft stuff going, promoting his name. Okay, fine. cool projects. It's worth it. Fine. fine. <laughs> so I tracked down a weird anime connection here. 2007 Toei Animation did an OVA, H.P. Lovecraft's The Dunwich Horror and Other Stories. Hmm. And it's the little one-shot, uh, it's about like 40, 50-minute anthology. What's interesting, though, is it's not traditional anime. It's actually like claymation puppets. And they've done stop-motion work. Not good stop-motion work. Uh, there's little bits of animation, but a lot of it is they'll just set up a scene as a diorama and then kind of pan a camera through it. Hmm. I don't know. That's still kind of interesting in its own way. And it gives it this really weird, like, absurd, haunting motif to it that really works with the score to have, like, some good atmosphere. Nice. Uh, but it adapts three of his stories, The Picture in the House, personal favorite of mine. Yeah, I like, like that, that one a lot. Uh, the Dunwich Horror, which is sort of the main feature of the thing. And then they close it out with The Festival, which is probably one of his lesser yeah. celebrated stories. Mm-hmm. Now, is it like just like an audiobook, basically? Is it someone narrator just reading the story? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Uh, there's little bits of dialogue that like kind of represent the other people. Because, you know, in like Dunwich, it's the group that kind of goes out there to investigate. Yeah, that's classic. It's mostly just the story read. Because a lot of his are in first person anyways. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. 
Cool. And I think if the right atmosphere and the right voice, that's powerful enough. That's all oh, yeah. you really need. And because of this claymation style that they're using, it's so weird and so arresting to see. It really like helps to build that tension. Hmm. Interesting. It doesn't have a proper release. It's not streaming anywhere. It was fan subbed, however, and I do think that there's just a YouTube upload which I will link to. <laughs> there's no other way to get at it. Please, if someone would license this, I will buy it like ten times over and just start throwing it at people. Sure, <laughs> just on the street, people. Dustin's yeah. driving hey, down the you. street. That's like it's a weird movie. The that, that, that's this? the thing for me, you know. Strip club? No, I'm gonna make it rain. Blu-rays. <laughs> just tape a genre exposure sticker to the top of it, so people know who they can write and complain to that I just got pelted by a random Blu-ray. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's really interesting to see. Very creative. Check it out. Cool. Cool. To YouTube we go. <laughs> well, the one that I watched should have a proper release by the time this is out. Um, since we're since I'm currently on a planet with a different gravitational pull, mm-hmm. um, and your time is different than my time. Don't worry, listeners. I have a movie you can easily watch. This one will be out. Okay. Nothing goes easier than getting on YouTube. Oh, um, so I got this film as a screener um, to write a review of, uh, which uh, you should also be able to read by the time this is out. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay, cool. Um, but this is this caught my eye from a festival because. Uh, it was listed as written by Alan Moore. Mm. And I was like, oh shit, why has nobody jumped on this? Because Alan Moore is Alan Moore. So, guy who wrote The Watchmen, Swamp Thing, um, got like half the comics of the 80s and 90s. Um, but also a very, very eccentric person. Mm-hmm. Um, very, I'm not going to say controversial, because I don't think he's controversial at all. He's just kind of um, enigmatic. Um, almost reminds me of like a modern, not shitty Aleister Crowley. He does lean into a lot of occult stuff too. He does very much so. A lot of William Blake and kind of stuff along those lines. Um, he calls himself a self-professed like magician. Yeah, because it was what him and Grant Morrison kind of got into a tiff because because Grant Morrison like leans into a lot of the chaos magic stuff. Yeah, yeah. They. Um... <laughs> I'm imagining them doing spells with each other. <laughs> counterspell, counterspell, counterspell. Um, yeah, so, um, Alan Moore wrote this film called The Show. It's from, it actually was made in 2020, and it's just now getting the circuit, Mm. like, a festival releases right now. Um, the main premise, uh, IMDb says, it's a man's search for stolen artifact leads him to the haunted town filled with voodoo gangsters, mass adventurers, depression-era private eyes, and violent chiaroscuro women. I mean, that sounds like an Alan Moore graphic novel. Yeah, pretty much. Um... So basically the film follows your main character, which is Fletcher Dennis, who's a private investigator who's searching for this cross artifact. And it leads him to the town of Northampton, which Mm -hmm. is the town that Alan Moore resides in. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where he grew up and that's where he currently works. And it's apparently one of the oldest towns in the UK. Interesting. Um, So it has a lot of history of itself, but it's kind of a, a rather boring town, supposedly. Um, but it kind of just, it's this weird, very dreamlike movie that just kind of meanders into all of these different spaces and different ideas, but all of them feel very connected through a dream. Like Hmm. it's kind of an Alice in Wonderland-y type thing. Um, it's not super coherent in, in like as if you were to just sit down and watch like a narrative, it kind of floats all over the place and kind of messes with your mind 
to where you're not entirely sure what's real and what's not. Um, but I really dug it. It was not what I expected um, and very avant-garde, but the performances are really great in it. It kind of leans into this very vaudevillian side at one point um, where they suggest that that's essentially purgatory um, that they're floating in. Um, one of my absolute favorite things, though, of the entire film is when it talks about the, de- the Depression era private eyes mm. is um, the main character ends up hiring another private detective like to work for him. <laughs> but it's these two kids like 11 or something year old kids. And one of them speaks in narrative Mm -hmm. in 1920s noir narrative. And he's like, (laughs) he walks into my office looking about as happy as a clown on a clown appreciation day. That (laughs) isn't actually clown appreciation. It's like this really random, but he's speaking out loud, but nothing's ever made of it. Like it's just, the kid is just speaking in like, except that it's normal. Yeah. Maltese Falcon, you know, narrative. That's so bizarre, but you're like, okay, whatever. Um, if you like Alan Moore, if you are a fan of anything he's done, you'll probably already know the tone of this film because it's very, very out there. Hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed it, though. Directed by Mitch Jenkins, who has really not done a whole lot other than working with Alan Moore before. Hmm. Um, but yeah, this currently, I believe you actually can get it on VOD, but it'll probably be streaming somewhere by the time this drops but dude i want to see it it's really good i think you have to tailor your expectations going in and know that it's you're gonna watch something kind of weird and artsy but all the performances are so solid and and everyone really sells it and is committed that i think it's it's definitely worth watching i mean just buy uh blind buy it if it gets a media release i i'd watch it again i really would cool Cool. nice jason well um I'm going to talk a little bit about a movie I've already mentioned to you guys. Um, just, I feel like I need to warn people. Debbie does Dallas. <laughs> no, I would actually recommend that movie. <laughs> uh, the Prey from 1983. Uh-oh. It's on Arrow, streaming on Arrow right now. Uh-oh. And is this one you have the blue for, Dustin? No. Okay, okay. Well, don't buy it. I do blind buy a lot of Arrow, too, but okay. Right, don't get this one. Although it does have an awesome, awesome tagline. It's not human, and it's got an axe. It is human. I don't think it ever uses an axe. I'm, I'm back uh, in again. <laughs> but the blurb is, three couples go on a camping trip in the woods of Southern California during the summer where a deformed man is stalking their camp. Oh, my God. This movie is an hour and 20 minutes, and I swear half of that is like B-roll of nature stuff. It's like <laughs> birds flying, flowers chipmunk scurrying around It'd be better if uh david attenborough had a um yeah overdub right oh so God, what you're saying is that tolkien wrote the script <laughs> <laughs> and someone just filmed it like actually filmed tolkien's script and didn't go in and filter <laughs> it's just so boring and the characters are not i mean people complain about you know the paper thin characters from slasher films and this is just this is the example you could point to there's no character whatsoever was this like a studio production or yeah, is it regional I mean, uh, no it was mm. like a not a big production of course but it was mm. you know not like a regional type somebody thing. paid for it somebody paid for it yeah, i was just wondering because they've moved into getting a lot of regional yeah cinema stuff put out uh but oh man it's not good it kind of comes alive during the last five minutes when something actually happens 
isn't that the weird thing about a lot of bad slashers is the usually the final scene will be incredible right and, and everything else is just... well because that's all that they really had mm-hmm. they're like well, shit we gotta build an hour and a half around <laughs> here's an example so these couples these these not really kids they're kind of young adults but they they arrive at the campsite thing and but they're stopped by this um ranger Again, the Tolkien influence. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind Was of weird. Was he smoking a pipe? He's smoking a pipe. It's like all mysterious sitting in a corner. Um, but a park ranger comes up, and you don't see him again for a while. But then there's this random scene of him, I guess at his house. You just see him sitting on a bed playing a guitar. That's it. That's the entire scene. Nothing else happens. Oh, well, is it a it's, real? It's, it's purely there to remind us that, hey, remember there was a ranger character? He'll show up again. Don't is forget it a real him. banger, though, of a song? No. So what you're saying is he multiclassed into Bard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and not a very good one. He's must be like level one. That's every Bard. <laughs> no, there's no good Bard. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, just avoid this movie. Just don't watch it. It's no. There is a connection here, though, right? To something we already did. Is there? Isn't this a... John Buchler? John Carl Buchler, yes. He did the effects for it. Who also did Terrorvision. Mm. Right. Terrorvision's much better. One of these is better than the other. <laughs> go, go watch it instead. We'll let you decide. Our uh, synergy this month has been on point. Yeah. We've yeah. accidentally connected so uh, many things. Oh, the makeup, when you finally see it, isn't bad. He kind of looks like the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, it's a bad movie. It's a very bad movie. That's unfortunate. Avoid it. Mm, sad times. Yeah. Sorry, I... I kind of have a string of movies I'm warning people against, I think. But <laughs> you just I'm, torture yourself. You some, sit at I home do. and you're like... That's the way I feel. I'm like, why am I doing this? You're like... Why fl- can't I watch something good? You're like uh, flagellating yourself like with film. <laughs> I want to imagine like Tom Atkins in Halloween 3. Shut it off. Shut it off. <laughs> Shut it off. <laughs> Shut it off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Well, what did you watch, Dusty? We already talked about it. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, I guess con- what you watched wasn't very interesting, was it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yours was the uh, the Lovecraft. Yeah. <laughs> Contrary to perceptions, I don't always bring, like, 20 films. God damn it. <laughs> oh, shit. That's staying in. Yeah, oh, I, I've already, like, I've lost track of time. I've been on this planet too long. That little maneuver's going to cost us 30 years right there. <laughs> Okay, so I guess uh, it's time to talk about our movie, the right? The movie, yes. yeah. The, the reason we're here. Like on Earth? Yeah. Yes, so we're talking about... <laughs> Dustin was counting in for me, so I had a place to cut it. <laughs> but Jason's just like, fuck, what are we talking about here, motherfuckers? Do we have to talk about movies? Yeah, let's talk about movies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, at least I know that he already talked about his movie. <laughs> I didn't miss that. As soon as it left my mouth, I was like, shit, he already talked about it. <laughs> Clearly we can't handle a weekly release schedule. No, it's not possible. <laughs> so, Night of the Demons, 1988, directed by Kevin Tenney. And here's the general little synopsis for you. On the night of Halloween, ten teens decide to go to a party and an abandoned funeral parlor. Known as Hull House, it's rumored to be built on an evil patch of land with an underground stream. While starting the party, the teens gather around a big mirror to perform a seance. And then they awaken some evil force and find themselves trapped and stalked one by one. Ooh. 
Sounds scary. Except this is in line with everything else we've done this month. <laughs> and it's more of a horror comedy little mashup there. Though I do think this has some good, like, frightening moments. It does. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It does. It does. It's, it's got some real it, creepy moments. It's pretty ambitious, really. Yeah. Um, so, I, I guess... We've all seen this movie before. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, do we want to talk a little bit about any experience we had with the movie? Like, is it notable? Is it? I was ripped the last time I saw it. <laughs> so, well, when did you first see it? Let's talk about that. Probably a few years ago, actually, really? with Jason. Um, mm, of course. I think, I think it might have gotten a DVD release. Mm. And then later got a Shout Factory, a Scream Factory release. Which I've got the blue on this one. Yeah. Um, I always wanted to pick that one up, and just for some reason I didn't get it. It's worth it, man. It's a good one. Um, but I, I watched it with Jason a few years ago. Uh, I think we just, you were like, have you seen this? And I was like, no. And you were like, the fuck? Yeah. Well, good job. Thank you. <laughs> Taking care of that. But when did you first see it, Jason? <laughs> oh, I saw it back in the day. Uh, I saw it when it came out on VHS. Of course. And this was during the slog of just, oh my God, I think history is repeating itself. Just watching movie after movie and just, oh, because there were so many slashers. Mm-hmm. There were so many direct-to-video horror films. Although this actually got a theatrical release. Um, you were just beating over the head with them and they were, oh, how many times do I have to watch a movie like Dead Pit? It's terrible. <laughs> um, but then I watched this one and I was like, oh, wow, this is actually fun. Dead Pit's getting linked in the liner notes. Yep. Mm, that's on Arrow now, too. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and it was fun and it was you know, yeah, it was a good time. And it, it's so it stuck out for me because it was a worthwhile rental and it was one I would return to, especially on, around Halloween. Right. It is a perfect Halloween film. Yep. Hell yes. So, this for me, it was one of those like uh, every weekend in high school, my friend and I we would go rent, rent a bunch of horror films, tear through them. And I'd always looked at this one because the VHS box, it's this great cover. It's got Angela, she's got the demon makeup going on. Mm hmm. And I would always kind of, like, when I was younger, I would pass by it because I just thought it was going to be, like, really, like, utterly destroyingly scary for some reason. Really? Just the way she looked with the makeup and everything. It's, it's a great kind of, makeup. It's yeah. really creepy. And I love the tagline on here because the cover says, Angela is having a party. Jason and Freddy are too scared to come, but you'll have a hell of a time. Uh, Epic. That's, yeah, that's smart PR work. Yeah, and, and I saw that. I'm like, I'm not too scared to come. Fuck you, bitch. I'll come <laughs> <laughs> <It's laughs> to your party. <laughs> And so at some part, inevitably, tearing through everything, we rented it, and dude, I just fell in love with this film so yeah. much. It's so much fun, so enjoyable. Now, was this VHS or DVD? VHS. Okay, so the first scene with Homea Quigley was, did you have to adjust the tracking when you were watching yeah, it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay, and this film right. was also my introduction to Linnea Quigley. Oh, wow. So I saw this first of all of any of them. Awesome. And rightfully, you I You became fell in a love. man that day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I think I think we all love Linnea Quigley, right? Unabashedly. If you don't, I don't know if I want to be your friend. Yeah. I've let go of friendships over it, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like... Is Linnea Quigley going to win an Oscar? No. Is she going to live in the hearts of fans forever? She's a yes. living personification of 80s horror. Yeah, she's going to. And she makes no bones about what she does. No. She's fully aware of everything that she's in. Mm-hmm. But still gives it everything. Like, yeah. and she, she never phones it in. No, She's, she gives exactly what's wanted and what's needed of the part, even when like it's really harmful to her own body to do so. Like, mm-hmm. I, didn't she like get fucking pneumonia or something from Return of the Living Dead? Yeah. So <laughs> she's naked throughout most of the movie. Yeah. yeah. But like, 
It's almost, and I've seen interviews with her, and she was like, "Yeah, I'll do that." That's what the character would do. Fuck it, I'll do that. And yeah, she's brave. She's great. She's just, and she's from everybody who I've ever talked to that's met her at cons and everything. It's just an absolute sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Just very giving, very thankful for people following her career. So I've got to ask, what is your favorite Linnea Quickly horror film? Mine's Return of the Living Dead. Oh yeah, it's an easy answer. I, I, it, yeah, that's one I would definitely go with. Um, she's so great in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, trash is just the film. a fucking fantastic character. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to give a shout out to Savage Streets, awesome one. Which she she plays it very serious. Um, she's like the mute sister of Linda Blair in that, and she it's gets more assaulted like a, by these punks. Yeah, like a rape revenge, thriller yeah. kind of thing. But I mean, you feel for her. I mean, she doesn't. It's not like it's just kind of a sleazy movie. It's a little exploitational. But I mean, she plays it straight, mm-hmm. and you really feel like, "Oh God, don't do that!" You know, it's she's good in it. She's really good. So I'm gonna curveball it with a cheesy one. Mine is Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah, she it's gets such, to play a tough chick in that. It's one. such a trashy film, but then she is not like the like exploitationy sex symbol of that one. Yeah. She is the badass that just like rules the screen the second she's on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did her and Barbara Crampton ever do a movie together? You know, I don't know off the top of my head. I don't think so. That'd be awesome. I don't think the world could handle it. Yeah, it'd be too much. That'd be so great if they did. Totally. So those are like two of my absolute favorite Mm -hmm. leading horror ladies ever. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, my head would explode. (laughs) Um, Some fun things too with Linnea Quigley. Uh, So for the one shot, which we'll talk about later, they have to make a mold of her breasts for that special effect moment. Great, great effect moment. Yeah. Uh, while having the mold made, she met Steve Johnson, who was the special effects artist. This was his first big movie. Mm-hmm. And they ended up getting married. Huh. So that's what a way to meet for the first time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Molding Linnea Quigley's breast. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just shaking their head. The, like, the, yeah, the things effects see, artists have to do sometimes. I, I can't see anything, uh, <laughs> can't see anything different about this meeting. <laughs> Which I'm, I can't wait till we get to, to talk, like, till we get to that point in the film mm-hmm. to talk about it. Cause that's one of my favorite, um, practical effects ever. That's great. Like, there's, there's in, a lot of good effects worked in this. In horror in general. Cause that's one of the ones that actually blew my mind that I was like, um, mm-hmm. like I'm sitting there rewinding trying to figure out how it's done. Yeah, especially back on VHS where the clarity wasn't so great. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it's great. <laughs> and a few more notes on her just to knock them all out back to back. Uh, they asked her to come in and audition for the film off of seeing her as trash in Return of the Living Dead. You don't need to audition. And, uh, <laughs> She's trash. She's great. She initially rejected the offer because she thought she was too old to portray a teenager. But they kept insisting, and eventually she decided she would just go and give it a try. And it was almost immediately on the spot. They were like, yes, you're hired. You're in. Yeah, was she like 26 or something at the time? She she looks younger than some of the other Oh, she does. Actors. Yeah, she does. She's definitely younger like than 18. the people in Trick or Treat. <laughs> <laughs> they sold it well, though, for her by like giving her an appropriate costume. Yeah, by making her look a little zombified, kind of like out there, crazy, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So they they sold it. You know, it's obvious she's not a teenager, but well, she's so petite and everything. But they like play it well, it, you yeah. know. But honestly, I think she looks younger than uh, the main than the leading lady. Who's also or, supposed or to be at a, least the same age, yeah. Yeah, who's also yeah. supposed to be a teenager, so. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, okay. okay, so basic uh, plot of the film. Like, where we start, 
We start with kids driving around having fun, man. Yeah. Halloween night. What Going kind to of, a Halloween party. What kind of car was that? Was Shitty awesome. car. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. And they almost immediately set the tone because they have this like slob of a guy in a pig costume. Stooge. Yeah, just being a total asshole. I'm not sure how much of a pig costume it was. Just a pig nose. <laughs> I, I don't really... He became the costume. He, yeah. he embodies the spirit of the pig. But they're like blasting, <laughs> blasting music. And then the girl that's with them tries to turn it down. And he's just like, hey, bitch, stop. <laughs> this is one of those movies in the long line of cherished, especially 80s slasher films, where you don't know why any of these people are hanging out with each other. Right. They all seem to hate one another. They do, yeah. And usually that's really grating. But I think there's enough funny lines and kind of interesting characters in this one that you don't mind it so much. But uh, yeah, and I think if people were to watch us as a fly on the wall, they might think we hate each other. But <laughs> but if there our um, love is palpable. But as they're driving, they cross uh, paths with a with an elderly man and he's seems to be having some stuff he's taking back home for <laughs> Halloween. Got I love that scene. Yeah. And um what is it? He complains about them or something, doesn't he? Like loud teams. Damn kids. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And but so, they throw shit at him, But right? the girl's being nice because she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, you know? first it's Stooge like uh, moons him, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He moons him. Yeah. He's wearing like jack-o'-lantern underwear. And they almost pull like the Friday the 13th thing because they drive off and he's like, oh, they'll get what they deserve. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, that's when Helen shows up, right? The main chick. Is, it, um, is her name Helen? I don't think it's Helen. I think no. it was... Uh... <laughs> I'm all Uh-oh. mixed. It's Judy. Judy. Yes. yes. Played by Kathy Potowell. And she's good in it. I like her a lot. But my favorite thing about the old man is that how quickly you go from like feeling sorry for this old man yeah. to fuck this guy. Yeah, you, you see the contents of his bag. <laughs> also, like what he says to the says to the girl when she tries to help him. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a shit ass. Like he's just a bad person. Yeah, and he holds up well, it's like an apple and razor blades, right? Yeah. Yeah, they'll get what they deserve. But that's what's so funny. It's like when they moon him, you're like, Jesus, why'd they have to pick on the old guy? Yeah. And then he's like, And okay. then he's mean to Judy when she tries to help him. <laughs> Immediately, this movie is subverting your expectations. Yeah, he's just awful. He's a horrible <laughs> human being. Uh, but we're introduced to Judy. She's kind of our main character. Uh, she's going home to get ready because she's going to go to a <laughs> Halloween party with her boyfriend. Uh, is he Jay? I think is his name. Uh, yes. Yes, and there's like ten teenagers, Jay. and they're all mostly interchangeable, so it's a little sure, hard to track the them 80s. all. It's Jay, yeah. I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm and, not even going to bother. There's a little bit it. of dialogue about how it's being thrown by Angela, some weird chick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, ooh. Yeah. So there's your yeah. first because originally it's supposed to be they're supposed to go to the Halloween dance, which I guess it's good they dodged it. Because, yeah, because Sammy Kerr shows yeah, up Sammy and Kerr starts killing people. <laughs> Um, it would be great if they're and, set in the same universe. That would be crazy. <laughs> like if they just have like a TV clip. Well, this this song, this uh, movie has some good songs too. So, but like mm-hmm. if they just had a TV clip playing in the background of oh, like that'd be uh, awesome. rock, chaos at high school, yeah, rock yeah. legend. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jay says like, no, we're gonna go to this party. It's at this uh, old funeral parlor. Angela's throwing it. She's weird. And immediately Judy's and like... Freddie and Jason are too scared to come. Judy's like, well, why? Are, we don't even like hang out with her. Why? And he's like, well. If you wanted to have like a scary Halloween party, she would be the person yeah. you'd pick. So even as a teenager, I was instantly interested in this Angela chick. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like my kind of person. Yeah, all right. And there's a, a ton of great build-up here at the house with... Um, it's Judy's younger brother. <laughs> Billy. <laughs> and he is like the snark master. Oh, that kid. God, you just want to punch him at every turn. Well, he's hiding but... in her closet. Mm-hmm. 
and scares her with a mask when she opens up the door. There, yeah. <laughs> there's just some choice dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> what is the dialogue? Do you well, need to say? According it? to the actor, it's the only line of all the stuff he's been in. It's the only line he still remembers. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead, say it. It's bodacious tits, sis, right? Bodacious boobies, sis. Yeah. <laughs> if they get any bigger, you're going to have to hire someone to tie your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but it is just constant. Anything anyone says to him or around him, he has some kind of snarky one-liner. Yeah, he's a little shit. Back. He's great. <laughs> he's a little shit. He's great. Apparently, he was supposed to be a bigger part of the movie. But because of the whole you know child labor things, they mm-hmm. couldn't really work around the time schedules it would take for a kid to be on set. That would have been fun. Yeah. Um, during this, also, the character Sal shows up. Very, like, typical greasehead kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and we learn that he used to date, in some capacity, Judy. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of being weird and stalkery and being like, well, where's she going? Yeah, he's bribing the kid to find out where she's going. <laughs> That's another great moment, dude. Because <laughs> he gives him what is like a quarter. It's a quarter at yeah. first. It's like, yeah, right. I'm not telling you for a quarter. He's like, you think I'm going to sell out my sister for a quarter? Yeah, he does it for a dollar. This kid's a future businessman. Mm-hmm. He's already a businessman right then. He's Which, liable to become president of the United States someday. <laughs> but so Sal <laughs> learns about this party, and he decides he's going to go crash it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay and some of their friends show up. They pick up Judy. And a sweet Mustang. Oh, yeah. The, the brother gets one more good like punch in whenever Jay <laughs> shows up. Because <laughs> he's doing the whole, like, oh, you look wonderful. Da-da-da-da. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, she's uh, the best bride of Frankenstein you'll ever see. <laughs> Which and and, and, he, and he also asked Jay, and he's like, was it? He says something about like, you're with her for her looks, right? Not not her personality. <laughs> Jesus, God, that kid's a little shit. It's great. Uh, but it, Jay didn't really dress up. No, for the thing he said he was going to, but you know, didn't. He's dressed much like the bullies from Trick or Treat. He's he like, is got like a you know tie on and jacket and shit. Yeah, he's dressed very much like that. He should stay away from lades. Definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, Judy goes as Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Which is important Mm -hmm. um, because it's kind of foreshadowing of the journey they're about to take. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we get to meet uh, our next next set, our next duo, Mm -hmm. Um, which (laughs) I think it's, doesn't it start off with... It's one of the best introductions With Linnea quickly bent over, uh, picking up booze. That's when the VHS tape would get all wobbly and you have to adjust your tracking. Um, Yeah, Linnea quickly bent over her butt hanging out she's um, distracting the clerks they're they're ogling her yeah. As angela goes around stealing food items she has a huge gigantic <laughs> yeah. bag yeah. she's just shoving everything in it man i mean there was a lot of distraction going on there <clears throat> i don't fault him um and linnea quigley just the way she plays this role is so mm-hmm. funny like she's just she's going she's gone full-on comic version mm-hmm. of oh it's over the top like i hope there's gonna be some cute boys there <laughs> yeah her name is Suzanne, is her character's name. Mm-hmm. And she's dressed, uh, what is that? It's like some frilly baby know. doll type costume, yeah. maybe? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And then it's great, because when they leave, she like drills the the store workers with like a one-liner. Yeah, ask if they have sour balls. Yeah. yeah. Like, we sure do. <laughs> Too bad, I guess you don't get too many blowjobs. <laughs> uh, one of those guys, uh, he was like one of the production assistants or something, I don't know. But he did all the demon voices, too. Oh, nice. One of those clerks. Cool. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, so now we're going to start to get to our... uh, Well, we meet a couple other people. The dude dressed as a doctor Mm -hmm. and his date. Peter Pan? Very dispensable. 
They're the ones who show up in the cool Mustang. Yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah, Jay has the Mustang, right? Because mm-hmm. they get in the back. But these are very dispensable characters. Like, the, the other thing is... Them, uh, you know, yeah, but they have a certain... The, I think the actors managed to inject them with a little bit of individuality. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But I mean, make, like... It keeps them from being insufferable. You know, the second you meet them, oh, like, yeah, oh, they're, 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 yeah. they're fodder. Sure. And then on the way, Stooges Group, they have a little car trouble. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he, makes, he makes the chick take the wheel, and they... Get out of control and yeah, he's yeah. looking at a map. Turn here, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they mess up their car and have to hitch a ride with. Uh, I think it is Jay's group, isn't it? I think yeah. they have to hoof it because yeah. they, Jay and them stop and then they just mock them. Like, Do you need a hand? And then they clap and drive off. <laughs> Classy. Yeah. So they have to hoof it the rest of the way. So eventually, everyone assembles at Whole House. We get a good look at it. It's nice gothic. Yeah. Matt painting. Yeah, Matt painting. <laughs> And we get a little bit of the history, a little bit of a tidbit. Yeah, it used to be a funeral home. Uh, the guy was too friendly with the corpses, apparently. Something about satanic rituals yep. or something, blah, blah, blah. All the good stuff. Yeah. And this is also where we meet Angela, mm-hmm. who is sufficiently gothic, just like we need. She's great. She is in, like, her hair's all teased out, goth makeup, full. Black dress. Yeah. Some evil queen type thing going Played on. Played by Amelia Kincaid. Which was funny, I was watching this, and my wife was like doing some work or something, and in the background, um, she was like, isn't that that chick from The Craft? <laughs> and I was like, very similar, but many years apart. I wouldn't I would be surprised if there's some inspiration there. Yeah, I think so. But, except that's how Fur's uh, Balk. Balk looked most of the time. Right. So maybe Naturally, she yeah. just... She's a method actress. Yeah, maybe she's like always as a <laughs> Um, so yeah, everyone gets there. They're kind of, you know, getting acquainted with one another. Sal shows up and crashes the party. Makes it a little awkward for Judy. You can tell there's a weird... Oh yeah, he's hiding in the coffin. Yeah. And scares Jay. When he goes in there, hide, not scare the other people. So. Uh, eventually they put on some music. They start dancing. Typical party stuff. Sure. I wanted to know if the music they were listening to was the music they were dancing to. Or if this was like one of those... Um, I have a feeling it was not Friday the Thirteenth moments yeah. where they're they're actually <laughs> dancing to like Back in Black, but they can't afford to put that on. Mm-hmm. So, because um, I'd be surprised if they had anything actually playing at all. I don't know. The Bauhaus scene seems like they might have had that one playing. Yeah, that's like one of the few like real bands they actually got to do the music for. I oh, think okay. I got some comments on them too when that comes up. Okay, how awesome that scene is. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the radio dies mysteriously. Don't know what's going on. Stooge swears that there's fresh batteries in there. They get that awkward moment where a party's like not going well. <laughs> it's kind of like what's going to happen now. And so Angela decides that they should have a seance as a yeah. party game. It's Halloween. Why not? And she's living up to the reputation that they mm-hmm. gave to her. So this is why they came to party with her. So she pulls out a mirror, and it's kind of one of those ones where you like concentrate and focus on the mirror. Da da da. That kind of thing. And then this wicked, awesome demon face, like. Kind of just manifests in the mirror. Yeah, mm-hmm. love how that thing looks. It's and it, they don't linger on it so much that you have a chance to really see it. It's enough that it's like creepy, and then done. Mm-hmm. You know, which is smart because I think sometimes '80s films tend to be like, "Yeah, this prop is amazing," and you're like, "No." <laughs> the more you look at it, the no, more you it's notice. not. Yeah. It's not amazing. So just pull the jaws technique and don't show it that much. And then so there's some kind of loud crash. Everyone gets scared. And this is when they kind of like what disperse to go about the house, right? Well, the mirror falls over, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and shatters. Shatters, which is actually my 
one of my favorite scenes in the movie um, because this is swinging way for the fences artistically. Oh, when it cracks and there's each one of them is in one of the fragments. It's a really great shot. It's so good. Um, Very well executed. Very well set up. I'm not sure how much of that was done in editing, how much was actually in camera. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it looks a bit rotoscoped um, at the time, but still very avant-garde and artsy for this type of film on the screen factory disc they kind of like on the title menu just play a few little segments and that's one of the scenes they linger on nice a little bit. it's really that's that scene is great I, I thought that was always when the first time i saw it i was like oh that's a pretty artsy shot for mm-hmm. for this and suzanne very clearly gets possessed yeah yeah um she's yeah, kind, kind of this roving sam raimi-esque shot like from the cellar mm-hmm. like where the furnace is or whatever and it's like this you don't. It's a POV shot, so it's like the spirit, the demon, or whatever, and it roams through the house, mm-hmm. and then yeah, it goes into Linnea. It's like this reverse shot where she's like, she would have breathed out smoke, but it, they reverse it, so it looks like it's going into her mouth. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. But yes, yeah, like Dustin said, this is where they all start to kind of disperse and do their own thing throughout the house. Typical, and notably, it, Suzanne kisses Angela. Yes, and it kind right. of implies that it's Passed spreading her, the demon yeah. to her. Uh, but Suzanne is um, looking for some action for some cute boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, decides that uh, she would rather uh, hook she's, up. She's in the mood for pork. Yeah, that's, a, that's <laughs> oh, what, what he says. Yeah. <laughs> um, she ends up hooking up with Stooge. Um, Stooge, yeah. Uh, well, sort of. Well. The he, intention's there. He thinks they're going to. <laughs> yeah, but really they're just, she's just looking for a bathroom. They're mm-hmm. going to look to pee. Um, and that's kind of what leads them throughout the funeral home. And then meanwhile, uh, two of the other people, Roger and Helen, they go out to try to find an exit. Right, because they're smart, because they're scared at this point. Yep. They're like, like, we don't like this, out we're out. Yeah. That, they're some of the smartest characters ever. Like I, That's one thing I love about this movie, is how smart they wrote them. That the one dude's like, no, fuck this, I'm yeah, gone. I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm out, don't want to linger. However, when they get outside... The wall that kind of surrounds this place, there's no like little opening anymore. Yeah, it's been all the gates gone. Oh, yeah. and the wall also apparently is supposed to mark uh, the location of an underground stream, mm-hmm. according to one of the characters from before. Yes, which, is, which good becomes setup important later. later. Yep. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Judy and Jay go off on their own, mm-hmm. and Jay kind of starts trying to put the moves yeah, on her. It gets a little too grabby for. Her. Uh, and it's an interesting scene because it kind of punches up into like a more serious topic for a little bit where you learn that like he, he had heard rumors that she had slept with Sal. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, we just went out on like a date once and that's all it was. And you kind of find out like the only reason he's really with her is because he thought she would be easy to sleep with. Yep. Very, yeah. very disgusting moment. Mm-hmm. She kind of rejects him. Yeah, Jay's a shit. Yeah. yeah. He's a Asshole. shit. Um, and she ends up locked in that room. After he leaves. That's right, yes. Yeah. Yep. It kind of sidelines her as we focus on some of the, the lesser people and they start getting uh, terrorized by the demon. Yeah. And that's about when Angela does her dance to ball house, right? Yeah. Um, Stooge is trying to get Suzanne out of the bathroom. She won't leave, so he goes back. And when he comes back, it's around the fireplace. And that's where she starts to do the dance. Mm-hmm. And it's to uh, Stigmata Martyr. Great song. By Baja's. Amazing, legendary gothic band. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Um, if for some reason you're listening to this and you don't know Bajas, you've probably heard uh, Bella Lugosi's Dead yeah. somewhere, sometime. 
You've had to have heard this. Popularized in the movie The Hunger. Yep. And this film is so many firsts for me, because like first introduction to Linnea Quigley, it was my first introduction to this band. Oh, wow. And I love this song so much, I obsessively like tracked through the credits to find out the name of the band. Nice. And then immediately went out and picked up an album. Wonderful. Oh, and fun tie-in to the movie that I presented for this week that I watched. Um, one of the hospital workers in the show is wearing a Baja shirt. Nice. So, yeah. Clearly, their influence is... <laughs> ranged on many oh, on yeah. very far yeah um but that scene is really to me that scene is both sexy and awkward at the same time <laughs> and actually amelia kincaid choreographed that herself i could see that i mean she's it, a dancer. it mm-hmm. looks natural but it looks like kind of not so much like erotic dance so much as like interpretive dance yeah, apparently she was just in a lot of straight cats video that was pretty popular mm-hmm. oh okay yeah um, but yeah, that's a very strange scene because you're like, okay, yeah, okay, oh, this is weird. Because you feel the weirdness in the room of the yeah. others watching her like, I'm not sure if I should be here. <laughs> and, well, using, it, and using that song, it like truncates it so well the way it builds up. Yeah. It builds up. And in my experience, weirdness and arousal aren't mutually exclusive. So. <laughs> you're not <laughs> wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, but eventually it leads up to her kissing him, mm-hmm. except she kind of bites his tongue off, and then he gets possessed as well. Yep. Uh, this is also where she sticks her hands in the fire, right? It's a little later. Okay. Yeah, that's when yeah. Sal shows back up. Because then the next thing that happens is Jay wandering around. He comes across Suzanne finally, and this is where we have the great special effect work. Suzanne, yeah. in an earlier shot, has taken out her lipstick. She's trying to fix her makeup. And yeah. She's, yeah, but ends up drawing like a big heart. Around her face in, like, this really creepy, like, I don't know, almost in a very possessed is the only kind of word you can think of it, of, like, Mm -hmm. some sort of demon, like, I don't know what makeup is. So, like, drew a heart around her face and already, like, very crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, when, when she does this effect, like, she's playing with her lipstick and being, like, kind of seductive with the lipstick Mm -hmm. and is, like, drawing it over... Her nipple, but then shoves the entire lipstick tube into her nipple. Yeah. And it disappears. And it's gone, and then when she pulls her finger out, the nipple is back. Yeah, it closes up and everything. And I like I actually like I stopped and I like grabbed my wife and I was like, This is one of my favorite um <laughs> Come like, look at breasts with me. Yeah. <laughs> Come look at these breasts. <laughs> look at these boobs, honey. They're bodacious. But I was like, this is one of my favorite um special effects moments because it's so it's realistic weird. It's, it's, it's weird it's, it's realistic it's, it's unexpected you never even think it's like a prop at first the way so yeah. we like actually played it back like i showed it to her and she's like holy shit that's really good like she was impressed by the mm-hmm. the artistry of it so we rolled it back and she's like okay there's the prosthetic mm-hmm. and like if you break it down and you really pay attention you can see where it goes. and you can see it better in hd but yeah like in vhs it was pretty seamless, man. You you couldn't really tell where mm-hmm. the you know chest piece was, and but man, it still it still looks great yeah, though. It's even great. as an effect, like I'm still like because as deep as Linnea quickly shoves her finger yeah. into her boob, I'm like, where did it go? Yeah, yeah Steve Johnson's great, man. Where did it go? So that's one of my favorite. But uh, Jay comes across her, and she immediately starts coming onto him, and they had already kind of been flirting a little bit earlier in the party. And they start having sex. And during that, she morphs into her full-on demonic Yeah, that's form. one of the parts that was kind of creepy for me when I was a kid. Because she's like, she's like saying, don't look at me, don't yeah. look at me. And he's like, what are you talking about? And then all of a sudden she's a demon. Don't look at me. Yeah. 
It's very fangly. Good makeup. Yeah, it's this movie does intersperse like as goofy as it is, it intersperses some severely creepy things. And I think that's the best way to do a horror comedy is when you have the horror moments, they truly are like going for it. Yeah, and then he dies memorably. Yep, eye gouging. Yeah, Yeah. she doesn't want him looking at her. The blood just spurts out. Yeah, it's a great pop. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, two of the people we haven't really talked about—they're kind of more the disposable ones. Max and Franny. They're Jay's friend, and they're already a couple. Yeah. Uh, they've slipped off and are having sex in a coffin. hmm As you do. And Demon Stooge comes across them. And it's a pretty gruesome moment, because he grabs Franny and, like, twists her head around. Yeah. And then Max tries to get out from under her, and he starts slamming the coffin and just, like, rips off his arm, crushing yeah, it. Yeah, right. That's pretty good. Good kill. I'm still just a little hung up on Jason's comment. The, they're having sex in a coffin, and Jason says, as you do. And I just, I think maybe I've done some things wrong in my life. You know? yeah. No, I think I've made some mistakes somewhere it's along weird. the way. Strange. And then this is where we get back up with Sal. Um, he's come to the, the main area where the fireplace is. Uh, Roger and Helen are kind of hanging around since they couldn't get out. I think they're, wait, they go and get one of the cars, I think. Is where they're at. Yes. Yep. And so Sal walks in, and Angela's like first warming her hands by the fire, and then she just whoop, sticks them in the fire. Also, another really good special effects gag. You know, definitely prop hands, but yeah, still. she pulls them out and they're still on fire. Well, I've got some good notes on this. Uh, in an interview, uh, Amelia Kincaid revealed that there was an ice bucket that they had on hand for her to extinguish the liquid and the fire right after the scene. Or else, if it had stayed on any longer, it would have burnt her hands, like, terribly, severely. Wow, that's cool. If she had, like, it was like a timing thing. If she had waited any longer, it would have been, like, a serious, critical problem. Wow. Yeah, typical 80s. Props to her. That's pretty ballsy. It's like the uh, party trick you see all the dumb kids do, where they, like, spray their hand with bug spray and stick it in the fire, yeah. and then it lights, and then they're surprised when it burns the shit because <laughs> they didn't get their hand put out quick enough. But what I love about it for Sal as a character is because early on you sort of think he's the sleazebag. Mm-hmm. He seems a little stalkery, but he's actually like one of the more heroic characters in the film, I mm-hmm. think. Because yeah. Angela starts, you know, the same ploy they've been doing, she starts coming on to him, and he's just like, nah, lady, something's wrong. <laughs> you're crazy, you're possessed. crazy. I'm out of here. And then he say, like, you're a little too weird for me. Yeah. <laughs> you're a little too weird for me. <laughs> um. And then this is where we have that car scene that happens. Roger's out there sleeping. He's nodded off. Helen's nowhere to be seen. And he's kind of like, you know, what's going on? Where is she? And then she just, boom, slams yeah, on the windshield. The dead. Which, which she kind of saw, she saw like a, a vision of that when she was looking in the mirror. Like after mm-hmm. she sees the demon's face, she, you see her face right. come towards you. Yeah. So that's kind of creepy. There's a lot of good little setup like that yeah. in the film. Yeah. This is... I think this movie is very much a love letter to Raimi. Mm-hmm. Like in you some, can see his influence in so many sure. ways. Like there's so many little, I mean, but what's not, I mean, <laughs> evil, evil dead changed the way yeah, it was horror films are made. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's so, so many scenes in this that are very evil dead ish to me. So then we get into like kind of the meat of this whole chase thing where, uh, they manage to find Helen. They free her. Oh, not Helen, Judy. They find Judy. They free her. And Angela starts kind of chasing them around the house. A lot of taunting. A lot of taunting. Running back and forth. Uh, they find Suzanne and Jay. And in the mix of all of this, Sal gets tossed out a window. Mm-hmm. Defenestration. 
Let's get the word right here. Yeah. He gets defenestrated. He gets defenestrated. <laughs> Which is an interesting choice because you really think at this point he's kind of going to be the hero and yeah. he'll end up with Judy somehow. Right. But nope. He I dies. Like I like it. Yeah, he doesn't need to end up with Judy. No. Judy don't need no man. Nope. I mean, Sal, while he may have had good intentions, he's a creeper. Yeah. Well, he's not that big of a creeper. That's... Concerning. I found myself. <laughs> I found myself defending people you were calling creepers. It seems to happen regularly here, where you're like, "Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. keep." Uh... That's perfectly normal behavior to show up at someone's house and bribe their brother about information on where they're going. Uh, How is that unusual? Join Woo. us uh, next week as we try out our uh, new host. Uh, we keep threatening, man, but I, think I keep coming back. Can't get rid of me. <laughs> might have to eventually just shut the podcast down. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah, continue on, Dustin. Uh, so yeah, um, that that's unfortunate. And so in the end, it kind of comes down to Judy and Roger. They're the only ones left. Um, they manage to get down into the basement of the house, mm-hmm. and they find the crematorium. And they lock themselves in. I think, think maybe they can kind of hide out. No such luck. And I think this is actually where they kind of bring up that idea that earlier, one of the uh, when they're possessed by the demon... They mention that like this is their one night where they can be out. And she kind of pieces together that it's something to do with Halloween night is why this has happened. And if they could just make it through to the morning, the demons will go away and they can survive. Right. Unfortunately, they're locked in a crematorium in the basement. <laughs> with demons attacking <laughs> There's nothing about that plan that sounds good to me. No. Like, there's the crematorium. Let's go there. But it's a pretty awesome moment where Judy really fights back because she she gets a pipe from inside the the furnace, drags it out, and uses a lighter to kind of make a makeshift flamethrower. Yeah. And the second that Stooge and Angela kind of break through, she hoses them with flame. Good move. Good move. Uh, Roger, he's not the most helpful guy, I guess. No, but he definitely uh, steps up at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. What? It's just funny. Like, we're sitting here trying to give, like, merit to characters that really aren't very good. <laughs> Jason's defending the creepo. Or like, Dude, I keep telling you, at the time, these weren't bad characters for the sorts of movies we were getting constantly. I guess, yeah, they're better characters than, than what you normally and, have. And frankly, but... the stuff I've seen lately isn't much better. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> but yeah, so as they're running back through the house now, fleeing for their lives... All the characters are back, and they're all demons now. Yes. And they're all surging after and them. All fucked up, burnt, uglier looking. Great makeup all work fangly. on all this. Yeah. Um, they get outside. I forget what it is. It's something else. She's up on like a higher level, right? And he. Yeah, she's like up. crossing on this beam or mm-hmm. something. And yeah. Stu just trying to get her. Roger tells her to jump down. He's going to help her. Mm-hmm. She's not quite like over it. It's a very tense moment. Um, but eventually they climb her up over the. They have to climb up the barbed wire. That's yep, at that's the top it. of the... They get away. They get to the wall. There's no other option to climb up the wall, go over the barbed wire, and escape. She can't make it over. Mm-hmm. The demons are, like, clawing at her legs and right. stuff. But Roger's on the other end. And see, this is the moment I thought was kind of affecting, because he's, like, covering his ears to mm-hmm. cover up her screaming and stuff. And you think he's just going to, you know, freak out, leave, whatever. But that's when he steps up and comes up there and saves her. Yep, he, but he... I, just, I like that little touch with him, like, you know... Covering his ears and kind of freaking out over the whole thing. It's very human. I think it adds to it, to the creepiness, just because of 
Mm-hmm. The demon makeup's good. It's creepy. It's unsettling and yeah, gross. It's it's you know, and like, the first time you watch it, you really do get that feeling of like, fuck, he's just gonna run and leave her. Yeah, and the actor who plays Roger, he said that he loved the character because he was a black man who actually survives the horror film. Mm-hmm. Right. Which you, I mean, that's become a cliche now, but honestly. And you he, didn't see that he, happen. And he much, is the no. one from the start. He had the instinct that like this is bad. We need. To yeah, <laughs> right. Alvin Alexis is the actor's name. Yeah, he does a great job. I think. Yeah, he's good. Uh, so in the end, they escape over the wall. Mm-hmm. Sun comes up. Yep. Demons are purged. And the demons can't cl- follow them because of the stream, yep. the underground stream. Which, yeah, neat little bit of lore to yeah. everyone there. Um. We get a final shot of that demon face, too, where it kind of like appears yeah. above the mansion and then it makes a final roar uh-huh. before it vanishes. And they walk home, very very <laughs> battered, very beaten, injured. Well, that is a fun little coda to this movie. Right, because as they're going home, we get back to this elderly man. They pass him as they're walking, and he's kind of sneering at them. Because mm-hmm. to him, it's like they've been out partying. Damn like, kids! Yeah. Ah. Kind of like me. It's, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> Although I would never, you know... Do what this guy does. And so he goes back in. His wife's made him a nice, nice apple pie. Uh-huh. Delicious. And he is so ungrateful to her, too, because he's like, ah, he's you shit. make it? Ah. He's a shit. But, uh, yeah, he starts chowing down, starts eating it. <laughs> starts choking. And then she remarks the fact that it's like, oh, you didn't give out all the apples, so I had a bunch left over. I made the pie. And he's like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> He starts to choke, and we get this really graphic scene of his neck just tearing open. Yeah, from the inside. As a razor blade pops out, and blood goes everywhere. Nice. Yeah. And then good. his wife just casually walks over to him, very calm. He's already dead, and she just leans in, kisses his head, and she says, Happy Halloween, dear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Screw that old bastard. It's such a perfect little fun ending. It is. It's great. Nice payoff. And I personally think that is then alluded to in... Kind of, uh, I think that scene in Trigger Treat, yeah, I'm really sure. alludes to that with uh, Wilkins and the kid. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, right, yeah. absolutely. Of course, the whole you know urban legend about poison candy. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a great misdirection and too, because at the start you think at some point he will factor. Yeah, maybe he you know summoned the demons or did anything. Yeah. You think he's going to be important, and he's not really. This is just like a little side piece. Yeah, to everything else. I think this movie is a little hard to talk about in like terms of like discussing what happens because well, it's another it's, great party movie. It really know? is. This is really is best experienced with friends sitting around having a couple adult beverages and, and laughing. I think that's true of all the films we've done for this month. Yeah, that's kind of our theme, I guess. The original title for this movie was Halloween Party. Ah, but apparently, Mustafa Akkad's people called them and was like, "You can't call it that." And they're like, it's Halloween. You don't have a trademark on Halloween. Well, yes, I do, as a matter of fact. <laughs> you want to try? They just, yeah, right. <laughs> so they blinked and changed the title. Apparently, one of the, the distributor wanted to call it Demon Boogie. <laughs> hey, I, which, could, I could get down with that. Yeah? I would watch Demon Boogie. Demon Boogie. Oh, so we have a fun TerraVision connection on this one, too. So uh, when Angela is possessed by the demon, sometimes she has this very deeper voice. That voice is done uncredited by Frank Welker. Oh, uh, cool! Wow. So I don't. Not planned. It just. Well, happens. that's just how Frank ingrained. Welker shows up in everything. <laughs> that's just how ingrained television is into the pulse of '80s films. <laughs> sure, like, it just has worked its way in there. Yeah, and I think that's the truth from this month that we've learned is that people need to give television more love. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that's some... the one lesson you take away. 
watched her. I asked somebody shirt. about it. They were like, what are you guys talking about it's pretty soon? And I was like, well, Terravision's coming up. And they're like, shit, man, I haven't seen Terravision since like <laughs> the 80s. Yeah. I was like, well, most people should. haven't either, re- so you should it. go back re-visit and rewatch it. it. Yeah. Tis uh, the season. Some fun little production stuff. This was shot in four weeks. Pretty quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. It had a budget of $1.2 million, and it had a pretty good gross. They, for some reason, only gave it a limited like regional release. It debuted in Detroit, and then by Thanksgiving, it had hit New York City. And it ended up earning like a good $3 million or so. That's not bad. And they kept it on screens all throughout the rest of the year and kept replaying it. And they were pretty sure, now, like looking back now, if it had had a wide release, it would have done like gangbusters. Oh, totally. Gross-wise. I would have been at a theater to see this. It was a big hit on VHS, of course, when it came out. Yeah. So they made a lot more money there, I'm sure. However, we've spent this whole episode just heaping praise upon this film. Mm-hmm. Critically, it's not regarded so well. I'm not surprised. I'm shocked. I'm clutching my pearls <laughs> so, right now. <laughs> so let's make the rounds of our usual stuff here. Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 40% approval rating based on 10 different critic reviews. The average user rating is 5 out of 10. So that's kind of surprising. The Washington Post, on a review, called it a convergence of stereotypes and cliches. Well, they're not wrong, the but New- it doesn't mean it's bad. The New York Times said, it, uh, The cleverest thing about Night of the Demons is its advertising campaign, and added that it's stupid, sexist, worthless. At 89 minutes, it feels unforgivably long. Wow, oh. that's harsh. What are these people smoking? Like, really? <sighs> they need to tune in, man. I, this is one of those things that's in, intent and expectations like i don't know what some people are thinking when they go into things well these people don't they don't appreciate these movies to begin with they're not not horror fans i just feel like the fun in this one is so infectious yeah i don't know how you can't walk away with a smile right it's all said especially if you're watching it like on halloween night Mm -hmm. it's such a great halloween night movie i guess i'm just trying to say if you hate this film i don't want to know you I agree. I'll just, I, I'll just put that out there. I, wait, I, wait, you've ended friendships over other things, so this one is also the same. Right. What should like, our only listener be like, I really didn't like this movie. Like, well, I guess we got to start from ground zero again. We don't really have anybody else to listen yeah, to the I podcast. Mean, if you're a horror fan, especially of 80s horror, and you don't dig this movie... It's quintessential. Yeah. But honestly, I don't know many people who are fans of 80s horror that don't like this. This yeah, is same here. And that's the weird pretty well regarded. twist that if you go looking critically, it's like, eh, whatever. But when you actually talk to other horror fans, they're like, yes, Night of the Demons. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a true cult film, yeah. you know? Okay. Uh, it's got two sequels. Have you second, guys seen those? I've seen the second one, which I like. It's more funny. Yeah, it really leans into the comedy. Yeah, but I've it's, actually it's not fun. seen either of the sequels. The third one's pretty bad. It's kind of a lazy rehash of the first one. Ah, okay. And doesn't, at least for the second one, isn't Amelia Kincaid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she comes back for the second one. Pretty cool. Uh, there's a remake... Less said about that, the better. The soundtrack is the best thing about that one. It's I got, mean, did Bajas show back up for the soundtrack in that no, one? No, but it's got a 45 Grave that does a really great song called Night of the Demons. It's got the, the I mean, ghastly ones on it. Uh, Haunted Garage is on it. They leaned into their soundtrack heavy on that one. Mm-hmm. But I think this one has a great soundtrack, too. It does. I'm going to say it. I think it's better than Trick or Treat. Really? Hmm? Like because trick or treat, or trick written, or treat, trick or treat. Okay, wasn't most of the songs written by like the director's brother or something? I don't know. I don't know. They were good songs. They were fun. It had good backing score music. You no, know? I mean, yeah, they're, they're totally appropriate. I think that's also a common theme in a lot of '80s horror that I that we don't see today, and we didn't even see through the '90s. 
which is original music made for films. Mm-hmm. Like there was usually somebody. Yeah, Dennis Michael Tinney. I guess we did see it a little bit more in the nineties, like with some of the like Musketeers movies and stuff. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to think of like the songs, like Seals Kiss from a Rose was originally put out <laughs> for Batman Forever, but like I, you just don't see a lot of original. Oh no! Like the tie-in, like it's not. You like, always had to have soundtracks back in the day. You don't. Don't do that anymore. And and while I appreciate a good score for a film, sometimes it's fun to have this the song that's like featured in the movie mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Right. And that's been something throughout all the ones that we've done for this month, is there's been songs that are oh, yeah. very memorable that end up popping up on Halloween playlists. That one song they're dancing to at the beginning before the batteries go out in the boom box, computer date. That that one is pretty catchy. I do like that song. Yeah, see? And of course see? the Bauhaus song is fantastic. Can't go wrong. So do we want to talk final impressions? Uh, I bef- mean, before we get into that, I have okay. some uh, fun topics, I guess, since this is our right before Halloween episode. Yeah. Right. So we've got Night of the Demons. Mm-hmm. Famously, there's also Demons. There was a Night of the Demon Bigfoot earlier. Movie. And then later on, Tales from the Crypt made Demon Knight. Great movie. I love yeah. Demon Knight. I love Demon Knight, too. Do you have a favorite demon-focused movie like this? Mine would be... Night of the Demon, a.k.a. Curse of the Demon mm-hmm. from the 60s. British yeah, which you showed film. me not too long ago yeah. and I fell in love with. Isn't man. it great? Oh, so, so good. good. Probably Demons for me. Yeah, Demonia is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So good. Mine's probably this film, so I didn't, I didn't have an really? alternative. Really? All the Demons? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. It's super fun. I love it. Nice. Uh, other thing. So this is a movie that is set on Halloween. And there's a very special kind of subgrouping of horror films where that is their premise. Yes. The story is set on Halloween. Do you have a favorite in that little category? I do. I do, too. Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, Mine's probably cliche, but Trick or Treat is mine. Trick or Treat. Michael Doherty's Trick or Treat. Go for that one. I watch it every single year. It's one of my go to that gets pulled down. Great release from Shout Factory from that one. It is a quintessential um, Halloween film. And it's I, one of those anthologies where every segment is good. Yeah, every segment's rare. solid. Yeah, it is very rare. I, I just love that movie. I never get tired of watching it. Um, it's well-written, well-directed. It's just great. Mm-hmm. I love it. Cool. Jason? Uh, well, mine would have to be House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> yeah. <Woo! laughs> so much fun. I love that movie. I unabashedly love that movie. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't love the other stuff. Yeah. Like, and along with Trick or Treat, I think it's a perfect Halloween movie because it's so crazy. It's mm-hmm. so nutty. You could put it on at a party and it just it blends in perfectly. Yeah. You know? I'm with you. Also, one with a great soundtrack. Yep. Oh, yeah. Love oh, yeah. the soundtrack. Mine is uh, actually Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Classic. I know a lot of people hate it. A lot of people say it doesn't have Michael Myers, so it doesn't matter. But you're wrong if you say that. Most of the ones with Michael Myers suck. So, yeah, you know. That's my biggest point is most of the sequels suck, so... Who cares if he's in it or not? If it's a better movie, mm-hmm. it's a better movie. Yeah. And luckily, in the last like handful of years, it has been reevaluated a lot. A lot more people... I think really when it hit Blu-ray, a lot of people started watching it just because they had the box set. Yeah. And they've noticed, like, whoa, this is actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And was originally... John Carpenter's intention. Right, to make it an anthology where every time there would be a new film with a new premise. God, I wish that happened. As much as I like Halloween 4, I wish that happened. I often think I would trade in all the sequels you know, further on, 4 and beyond, mm-hmm. for that anthology concept. I agree. 
and I think we get a lot of anthology films about like Halloween. There's a bunch that pop up. Like I think there's a new one called Bad Candy. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be pretty okay, actually. But that's one of my favorite like tropes, yeah. I, I guess, or like almost genre, I guess, is anthology genre. I love those, but they're never they never follow all the way through. You know, like there's always a segment. Like as much as I liked Mortuary Collection, yeah. When I rewatched that the second time, I found myself checking my watch because I was like, eh, this "Yeah, the thing about anthologies, there's, there's usually one dragging, or two boring ones, but yeah. always." But man, but season of the witch, like, it's so much fun. It's the craziest, most absurd plot. If you really like dig at it, it starts to fall it's apart. Insane. But it's such a like it is a literally about Halloween as like Halloween as it could get. Yeah, and the score is killer. It's John mm-hmm. Carpenter back on all the good synthy stuff you love. Yeah, it's great. Tom Atkins. Oh, yeah. Killer. Love him. You can't go wrong with Tom Atkins. Hell no. That's a class act. All right, so to wrap us up, what did everyone think about Night of the Demons? I think it's pretty obvious, but we can give our exact little star ratings. Yeah, it's it's always one of my go-tos. I'll probably watch it almost every year. I've loved it since it came out on VHS. Uh, Yeah, to me, it's a four-star movie. Uh Wow. Because it, it delivers what it promises and a little bit more. It's just fun. You know, it's one of those old slasher-esque type 80s flicks mm-hmm. I could watch over and over and never get tired of. It's highly rewatchable, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you guys? What's well, four and a half for me. Wow! This is, yeah. <laughs> it's a little dramatic for that. but uh, No, it's hard to talk about. Like I, I, I don't even feel like we've done it justice by talking about mm-hmm. it here, and hopefully we've said enough fun things to make you want to go watch it if you haven't seen it. But it's just, it's I just usually make memories when I watch this movie. If that sounds cheesy, but I usually make memories with friends when I watch it, and that's one of my favorite things about film in general. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, is the memories that are made. Yeah, through film, and yeah I didn't get to watch this one with you guys this time, but I feel like we're gonna, one regret, but I feel like we might end up watching this together someday uh pretty soon, so you never know uh? Dustin, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, well, I have a lot of personal emotions caught up in this because it was very foundational for me. Oh yeah, you became a man for some became a man, uh-huh. learned about the balls, <laughs> became the true like gothic kid that I needed to be um so it's Five stars, just Woo! all the way. Five stars, nice. You know me, I say a five-star film doesn't have to be a perfect film. It's really about what you get out of it and mm-hmm. how you feel. And I can't think of many other films that I would just, yes, five stars all the way, love it. I revisit it just about every year. It's a constant, like, Halloween, Halloween, the week of or the night of. Mm-hmm. I just love it. Awesome. I really need to pick up the Screen Factory. Yeah. Just, any just, respecting horror fan that's building a collection, this needs to be in there. Yeah, yeah. I need to get this one. Uh, it's awesome. a fun movie. It's yeah. been a fun episode. Uh, so it's been a fun month. Yeah, it really has. It's been a good good month of God, movies. I love Halloween. Uh, you'll probably be seeing us. Uh, you've probably already seen us be pretty active on uh, Instagram this month. Probably dropping mm-hmm. pictures of what we've been watching and that kind of stuff. Yes, yes. Stuff that does other Halloweeny goodies. I mean, like we watch so much stuff, it doesn't. We can't all make it into the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it's good, some of it's bad. But we still watch it, and it's a lot of fun. So, what Not is uh, what's your guys' favorite um, Halloween night movie? Not you. Quit looking at me like I'm about to ask you a fucking question. I'm addressing our audience. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you ruined it, Jason. 
Jason thought you forgot again. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there is some precedence for this. <laughs> Jason just staring at me like, are you fucking shitting me? Like, do you really forget? Just a bit? What's going on <laughs> yeah. here? No, to the audience. Directing oh, okay. to the audience. Suddenly Michael's just like, all right, so let's talk about Night of the Demons. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your guys' favorite Halloween movie, Halloween uh, night movie? <laughs> what's your favorite Linnea Quigley film? <laughs> Well, it doesn't matter, Michael, because you know what? You can eat a bowl of fuck. I came here to party. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, So, listeners, what's your favorite Halloween night film? Let us us, know. Yeah, let us know. Comment uh, on Insta, Facebook, whatever you like. I'm really digging Instagram more now. Yeah, it's a lot more fun, I think. It's it's more look at this cool shit and less... uh let me spree my opinions about Ooh. politics. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, very good point. So you might be seeing us a little more active on Insta and staying away from the, the grognards and trolls over on Facebook. But uh, yeah, it's been so much fun talking with you guys. Happy fucking Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. And uh, so next month, uh, we'll kind of be going back to our normal thing again. Mm-hmm. So um, Normal? Does that really ever apply to us? Yeah, we got a little <laughs> off schedule where we've sped up things to... Squeeze all this in in a month. Yeah, we may have a special treat for you guys, too. Perhaps as well, yes. Um, now you've obligated us to do that, so that's great. Oh, we're doing it. Yeah. Cool. We're doing it. I thought that was a given. Yeah, yeah we'll just drop Never that when it happens. Uh, so I think we're going to come back in with a listener pick to kind of reset our our little system here. Yeah. And get us going. Yeah. So are we going with Occult? I believe so. Let's do it. We're going to okay. do a cult next. Friend a little hard. Friend of the show, Aaron, has suggested that we check out a cult. A little AKA bit. AKA Ron. Yeah. AA Ron. A little bit hard to track down this film uh, in a legitimate copy. Um, so we're going to do our best to make sure that we find something that is both accessible to everybody else and um, very watchable. So. And it's directed by Koji Suraishi. He's a big name in Japanese horror. He's known for all his found footage stuff, which a cult falls into that category so Ooh, more found footage we're back on the found footage wagon i think that's a favorite here at the show yeah. all right all right guys as always thank you so much for tuning in happy halloween and we will see you next time goodbye everyone take care